Hi, this is Rick Thompson, the pastor at Living Water Community Church. This is our podcast, and I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message builds your faith and blesses you. Please enjoy it. Good morning, everyone. How's everyone doing this morning? My name is Pastor Steve. I am one of the uh, teachers here. I want to welcome you if you're listening or watching online. We have been uh, learning about let wisdom reign. And Pastor Rick last week spoke about anger. Pastor Sean spoke about self-control the week before. Today I'm going to speak to you about a category that I'm very well familiar with. And if most of you know my testimony, you know that I was, in the, uh, I was addicted to drugs. And that's what I'm going to speak to you today, addiction. But before you put on your selective hearing switches and you start to tune me out, listen up. Because it's not just going to be about addiction as we know, drug addiction, alcohol, pornography, those types of addiction. But the Bible also calls it a stronghold. And a stronghold is, is, is a lie that becomes our truth. And to be honest with you this morning, as I stand here before you, I'm dealing with one of myself right now. The uh, you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're never going to mount to anything, so go work at Publix, learn how to save paper or plastic. That was a, 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 an old recording that I received when I was a kid. I am now 57 years old, I think it's 57, I lost track. Um, but I can still deal with those things. But you know what, today, this morning, in the name of Jesus, as the word says, we're going to take that thought captive and we're going to rebuke it in the name of Jesus. And we're going to go on. And it isn't just, as I said, it isn't just uh, drug addiction. Sometimes it's, we have a gossip. We like to gossip. Sometimes it's gluttony. In fact, Proverbs 23.20 says, Do not carouse with drunkards or feast with gluttons. Some of us may have a problem with prescribed medication. We were injured, but we never got over that addiction to that medication, the need for that painkiller. Sometimes it's abuse. We close that door of the house, and what happens behind those closed doors could be emotional abuse, could be physical abuse. These are things that we deal with. It may be a control issue. You have to be in control. You have to control others, or you have to be in control of your own life. If it doesn't happen that way, everything just falls apart around us. Now, the, as I said, the Bible speaks about strongholds which are lies, and, and if we, 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 we continue to believe, the, to listen to those lies, eventually they become true to us, like me. I, 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 from when I was a kid, and now, mind you, this was something that happened back when I was in third grade, and I'm still dealing with the issues today. I have to control it. I have to say no in the name of Jesus. That's not who you are. In the name of Jesus, you are capable. In the name of Jesus, through Christ who strengthens you, you're able to stand before people today and speak to them and, and, and tell them and, and how great God has been to you. But Steve, I see things falling apart around you. That's okay. Because I know that I know that I know that we will get the victory at the end. And God is going to be glorified. Not me. Not Lena. God is going to be glorified. 
not any one of you. And whatever you're going through in this situation, listen, I keep hearing people say, 2020, please get, let us get through this year. We're coming up into a season of Thanksgiving. And many people say, I don't have anything to, think, to give thankful for to, or to be thankful for because of everything that has gone on this year. And now what we're doing is that we look at our situation instead of looking at God. Yes, God is still in control. Yes, God is still seated on that throne. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. These are truths from the Bible. But what we do, we start listening to the, the, to the father of lies. Come on, folks. It's in the title. He's the father of lies. And that's who we start listening to and, and, and say that that's who we are when, in fact, that isn't true. We let the lies come in and get a foothold and uh, 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 start running our lives. And if we allow it to stir within us, it would overtake our identity. That's who we start to see. That's who we are. And we start saying that, well, that's who God made me. I'm sorry, I can't change. And, 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 and I'm going to be like this till, till, till God comes back, till Christ comes back. But that isn't true. That's what Satan wants you to believe. That's what the enemy wants you to believe. But he, because he wants you, not, uh, uh, wants you to be a non-effective Christian. He wants you to come here Sunday, listen to the word of God, praise the Lord, move on. During the week, somebody, you have this opportunity to speak to somebody and you walk away. God is putting that in your heart. Go speak to that person. Oh, God, but I can't. I can't. I, I, I'm not smart enough. I, I don't know the right words to say. God will give you the words. God will give you the proper words to say. If he is calling you to go do that, he trusts me. He's going to back you up. He's going to be there for you. One of the, 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 the greatest teachers that we go to in the Bible, the ones that, probably the one that we study the most, Paul, he struggled with things. In Romans 7:14, Paul speaks about his struggles. And he goes on to say that he tried to do what's right. He tried, he pleaded, he prayed. In fact, in uh, uh, um, it was in, I believe it's in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians um, 12. Paul says that, listen, I, I prayed three times. I went to the Lord three times with this affliction that I've been bestowed with. And three times I prayed and three times God said no. His answer was, and how many of us could actually accept this? My grace is sufficient for you. You know? Because we, we, we go, but God, we need, I, I need you to intercede here. I need you to step in. I need to see your hand move. In other words, we need to see some lightning bolts and, and strike that person that's afflicting me and get rid of them and do something, Lord. Take care of them, God. He says, my grace is sufficient for you. And we just finished singing a song, his forgiveness. His forgiveness. That's what keeps us going. It is his forgiveness that we, 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 we turn to. It is his forgiveness that we, that we dive into. That grace, grace above all grace that he has given us. Amen. He goes and says in verse 19, he says, For the good that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil I will not to do, that I practice. He has strongholds. He has strongholds. He was fighting the flesh. He was fighting against all those things that, that listen, listen. 
Paul, before he had that Jesus experience on the road to Damascus, was, was, was putting Christians in jail. He was persecuting the Christian people. In fact, he was on his way to Damascus to do some persecuting when Jesus stepped in. So, and, 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 and believe it or not, to him, that frame of thinking, that thought, that process, that was correct. That was he, that's what he was taught to do. And that the, was the correct way to, uh, uh, his way, it, it was to worship God, to, to, to lift up the name of God, to do the things religiously. That way was the correct way, the way that the Christians were doing it. The ones that were, the, that were set free, that was wrong. And he had to abolish that. He had to put an end to that. And folks, we, we kind of see things that way in our lives too. We, we say, well, well, these things, they, they must be true. They keep coming back. Uh, many people told me this. Uh, uh, I keep dealing with it. I, I try and I pray and I cry and I pray and I cry. I come to the altar uh, 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 every other Sunday and I ask God to get rid of it and I still keep coming back. What is wrong with me? What is wrong with me? Why do I still struggle with these issues? God, you said that, that if I would just take it to the altar and lay it at your feet, and that's where it would stay. But I have to tell you something. Sometimes when everybody goes back out, everybody leaves, the congregation's all gone, we kind of walk around and go, Because that's a little crutch. That's a little crutch. That's, that's what we hold on to. That's how we identify ourselves. And we just can't let it go. We just can't let it go. And, 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 and Paul is saying, I keep, I, I, I keep battling the flesh. I don't want to do this thing. It says he, he, he says these things uh, uh, in verse 15. He says, what I hate is what I do. And this is who I want to speak to this morning. The person that is struggling with issues, hasn't been able to let them go, but wants to let them go. And you may be saying, Steve, who, who wouldn't want to let go of that problem? Trust me, there are many of us that didn't want to let go. You know how many programs they put me through or push me toward? How many programs I put myself through? How many programs I went to spend the weekend at? All to appease my family? Never once did I do it for me. I didn't want to. I did it to shut them up. I did it so they could leave me alone. I went to these programs. And it matters not how, how, many, how much money you spend. And there may be some of you here today that, no, you're not dealing with any addictions or any situations like that. But you know someone that is. You may have someone in your own family that you see them and they're just, they're just being torn apart because of what got a hold on them. And, and, and you've pleaded with them, please go to this program. Listen, this is a good program. It's got a, an, an 86% uh, success rate. I will pay for the money to, for you to go to this program. You know how many parents come to me and say, I have spent thousands of, thousands of dollars on programs for my child. Only for him to come out and just go right back to the drugs. Go right back to the alcohol. Go right back to whatever it is that they were doing. Sometimes folks don't want to be healed. As I said, we come around, we grab a little problem because that's how we want to be identified as. Why? Some of us is just the, uh, feel sorry for me mentality. Woe was me. You don't know what, you don't know what I've gone through. 
oh, brother, sister, oh, pray with me. And you never see a change in their life. And they'll go from one person to another, to another, to another, to another, to another, because they need to receive that. That, that, that kind of, uh, of, of attention. So this is who I want to speak to today. The ones that they know they're struggling with something and just want to get out of it and just don't know how. Which takes me to my first point. And I left this blank, the first one blank, because I want you to put your name in it. So it'll read, Steve is not alone in this matter. Put your name in that first one. You are not alone in this matter. Many of us struggle with issues. You could be sitting next to someone today, this morning, and not know that deep down inside, although the, the facade uh, it, it, it's beautiful and, 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 and it's calm and, and, and they're saying the right words and, and, and they're, they're singing the songs, but deep down inside they are broken up and they don't know how to get out of it. They are so torn up inside. And they come to church looking for that little, that little nugget, that little, ah, I'm going to be okay. But once they go home, they go back to their own nature. Number two, and this is what Paul was saying. He says, I, I, I struggle between my, my flesh and my salvation. I have struggled with that for years. I was raised in the church. People say born and raised in the church. Literally, yeah, I guess. I was born in the hospital, but right as soon as I came out of the hospital, straight to church. And it was a church that, you know, some of you guys know, maybe you grew up in it. You go to church five days out of the week, and everything you do is wrong. You're going to lose your salvation any minute. And... So when I walked away from the church and I got into the drugs, I got into all that stuff and I'm standing there and God finally hits me. Now this is a good thing about being raised in the church and, and folks do not, do not, do not deny giving, giving your kids that word. The, words, the word of God says bring your ways up in the Bring your children up in the ways of the Lord. They will not depart. They may walk away. But that word that's deep inside of them will never depart from them. And that's the word that I got on my final days. And I'm standing there. And I'm going, what am I doing? I've been living in the streets because nobody wanted me in the house anymore. Lena kicked me out. I lost everything. And I thank God for her. I have no bitterness toward her. I have no bitterness toward my mom. I have no bitterness toward anybody in my family. I thank God for them. Because I had to come to the realization that if I wanted to be healed, I had to make that decision. They could no longer make it for me. They could push me toward it. They could advise me. They could counsel me. But I, it, it was ultimately up to me to make that final decision. And as I stood there, I'm thinking at the prodigal son. This can't be it for me. God told me there was something better for me. He promised This can't be it for me. I'm better than this. This is not who I am. And I, I called Lena. And we talked. She said, I can help you. But you can't stay here. And my mom allowed me to stay with her for a few months. And right after that, I just went into the military. I left everybody. Went into the military as I'm in the military. 
they helped me out getting cleaned. They didn't know they were helping me out because you're not supposed to be a, dr a drug addict when you, you go to the military. They test you for all that. But <laughs> you know what? There were probably more drugs in the military than I saw going around and outside. But I went in and when I came out, I found a church. Some of you may know him, our senior pastor, Pastor Doug Bowne. And when I first time I went to his church, I remember I'm standing in the parking lot. And because, here's my old recording of, you know, things you don't do when you go to church. I start taking off my jewelry. Lena's going, what are you doing? I said, you're not supposed to wear jewelry in church. She goes, who's set? I said, that's how I grew up. You don't adorn yourself. Women don't cut their hair. They don't wear pants. They don't do this. You don't do that. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't. Everything they say you're not supposed to do, that, that you can't do. And I walk into the church, and I'm listening. I'm thinking, you know, first the music. I'm like, ah, yeah, I'm a musician, so hey, that sounds pretty cool. Man. Really? In church? All right. And I listen to the pastor, and he gets up here, and he talks about he used to be an alcoholic. And I turned to Lena and I said, watch the people get up and walk away. And nobody got up and walked away. They stood there and they listened. And I said, uh, okay, you know. And, and when he started talking about the things that he went through, the things that he has been through, he used to be an alcoholic and he was this and he was that. I said, maybe this is the place for me. I need to listen. And it took some time, took some time to, to, to understand that I'm saved by grace. Not by the law. Not by what I can do. It is a free gift of God. It isn't about uh, uh, how good Steve was. It wasn't about uh, um, how well he maintains himself. It was about being free, free under the grace, his forgiveness, his forgiveness. And I, I'm amazed at, at how many churches still today teach that we don't sin. And if you have an issue, you have a struggle, and you come to them, and, been, and you've been a member for years, or you've been a member for whatever, and you finally say, you know what, I've had enough, and I'm, I'm coming before you, and I'm going to tell you, I'm struggling with this issue. They look down their noses at you. Here at Living Water Community Church, we know we all have issues. Pastor Rick knows that it was for the, by, by the grace of God that we are saved. And I love the teaching that comes from this pulpit. Because it speaks to me. At, at, not as a, as a condemning word, but as a loving word. Come here, child. I know that you're struggling with something. Come here. God is calling me to his bosom. Letting me know that, you know what? It's okay. Come to me. I used to think that I had to fix myself first before coming to church. Another lie from saying, you come as you are. That pulpit is open. And you let God change you. You let God change you. Amen? Second Corinthians chapter 10. It says, but I beg you that when I am present, I may not be bold with the confidence by which I intend to be bold against some who think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. For though we walk according to the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. For pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. 
bringing everything into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Now, what, what, it, here, here's a situation about strongholds and, and, and addictions is that uh, we have these, now the, the Bible calls it um, um, things that exalt themselves. So, uh, uh, one scripture will say a, a lofty thing. And what it is, is it's, it, 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 it's a partition. You've, you've all seen, and if you've been to, you go to um, um, seminars and you go to these banquets, there's a partition, and they split the room up. So whatever's happening here doesn't get to here. And what, 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 what Paul is saying is that we have a partition. There is something that we have erected that is not allowing God's word to get from one side of the brain to the other side of the brain. That's why we can come to church, raise our hands, sing hallelujah, praise the Lord, agree with the pastor, and forget what the sermon was about when we get home. That ever happened to you? <laughs> they, hey, you went to church today? Yeah, yeah, praise God. It was a good sermon. What was it about? Um, um, hmm. Let, let, let me get back to you. Because it, it, it's, we're not allowing, Paul says is that the, 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 the news that we're getting here isn't crossing over to the other side. So we come to church on Sunday and we've checked our church box. But come Monday through Saturday, oh, but you don't know I'm busy. I'm, I, business is, is booming. I'm too busy. I, you know, I try to get into the word when I get home. Um, but I, I, I fall asleep, and I know I'm going to fall asleep, so I don't want I, 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 I to disrespect God, so I don't even open the Bible. And, and meanwhile, we got all this garbage that's coming in. Workers, employees, customers, grocery store managers, grocery store attendants, people just standing on the grocery line, and we're getting bombarded with all this garbage. And, and we don't get into the word where God tells us that we are of one way, but we're still listening to, to the, the old recordings that say we are of another. And Paul is saying that the reason we are not getting healed, that we stay defeated, is because the message isn't getting through. We have this partition. We have this high thing. We have this lofty thing. That we are exalting above the word of God. With me, it was, it, it, it was who, who people told me I was. You're no good. You're, you're, you're never going to amount to anything. You're, you're not smart enough. I'm a high school dropout. I got my GED when I was in the military. But people look at me. You, do you know that I could never teach in certain churches? Because I never went to seminar. I, I teach the word of God of, through my experiences. I teach the love of God. And, 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 and I hear so many people saying, you know, you're, you're, you're not qualified to be a pastor. Those are the churches I walk away from. Uh, thank you, buddy. Love you. Praise God. God bless you. And I walk away. Because you know what? I have scars. If you look at my arms, you can see I got all kinds of scars. I have scars. And I need to speak to someone that knows how to handle people with scars. I need to be able to speak to somebody and not have them look down on me because I used to be a drug addict. Or look down on me because I used to be caught up in pornography. Or look down on me because I'm addicted to alcohol. Or look down on me because whatever the problem is that I have. Whatever your struggle is. I need someone that can relate to me. That will talk to me and teach me and take me 
step by step through the word of God and tell me it's going to be okay and, and we're going to get through this and this is not who you are and we need to change that attitude about us of who we are. The definitions of who we are. I, our, 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 our identity. We need to change. Because you know what? It, it, it took me probably 45 years. But it took me a long while to get over it. To get through it. To understand that it, that's not who I am. That's what people tell you you are. That, that's, that's, that, you know, if we go, when I used to go to these programs, to these addiction programs, and, you know, you first stand up and I say, introduce yourself, and, um, hi, I'm Steve. I'm a, I'm a drug addict. Hi, I'm Steve. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, uh, whatever it is. That's, who, that's how they tell you to identify yourself. But the truth of the matter is that God says that's not who you are. The Word of God says that isn't who you are. And, and, and Paul calls this, this, this knowledge, it, it, he says, strongholds and arguments against the Word of God. And that's what's stopping us from getting our, our, our healing. That's what's stopping us from, 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 from being set free. And these thoughts and, and arguments contradict what the Word of God says. And we turn to the flesh. Why am I like this? What's wrong with me? And we let it, if we let it go far enough, we turn to the God must hate me because I'm still like this. He hasn't fixed me yet. He hasn't uh, taken care of my stronghold, my situation, my addiction. He hasn't cleaned it up. James speaks about this as being double-minded. Oh, we can play church. The enemy doesn't mind you playing church Sunday morning. He, Monday through, through Saturday, you go back to the same old, same old. You hang out with the same people. You, 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 don't, you don't look into the Word of God. You don't listen to the Word of God. You don't review your handouts. You know, that's why they give them to you, right? So at least you have something. This is what, a five-minute read, your handouts? For you to meditate on the Word of God, if that much. And that's where you start. You start with five minutes here. Then it becomes 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. By the time you know it, you, you, you've spent hours meditating on the Word of God. Once we understand that it is because we have a divided mind, we can begin our healing process. Point number three. The flesh cannot fight against the flesh. The flesh can't fix the flesh. Paul says... It, it, we, the, the, the war that we are fighting is not fleshly. It's a spiritual war, but we're trying to fight it with the flesh. Oh, if I can only say, I'm, I'm going to stay away from going to this area because I used to say one of my reasons for moving to Florida is because I couldn't go back to New York. Because I knew so many people in New York, and, and, and if I go to the same area, then... Hey, Steve, come here. Let's hang out for a little bit. And hey, look what I got, you know. And I couldn't do it. Now I go to New York. I have no problem. Because that doesn't attract me anymore. But it was a struggle to get through. It was a struggle to get released from that. And I kept trying to go to the flesh to fix it. And it wasn't working. And it was a battle. And I would come back to church the following Sunday. And, 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 the following, and, and then the Monday, the next Monday, and the Tuesday, and Wednesday. The, by Wednesday, I'm, uh, I'm defeated. By Wednesday, I'm going, oh, man, I wish there was some kind of service or something to go to because I need the word of God. It's not, it's not getting to me. 
And I'm going to tell you something that I've told many a people. It isn't the pastor's job only to teach you the word. You have to get in it throughout the week. When you come to church on Sunday, it's more of a confirmation. Don't wait till Sunday when you have a problem. If you're going through a situation, if you're feeling a certain way, open the word of God. Get into it. Get into it. Husbands, we were called royal priesthood. What does a priest do? Brings the word. Are you bringing the word in your house? I'm guilty. I'm guilty of not doing it. And you see it because things start to happen in the house. And you got to go, wait a minute, I got to get a hold of this thing. And he said, whoa, 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 whoa. Mm. The word of God says. Now, I'm not saying to use it against your spouse. I'm saying for you to teach. Bring the word of God to them. Number four, point number four. What is being exalted? What are you lifting up? What is in you? That is stopping you uh, uh, from, from getting the knowledge of God. What is being exalted before the knowledge of God? What is it that you're dealing with? Is it a bully issue? It, 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 it's like I said, you know, sometimes people feel, I need to be in control. I need to be in control of my situation. My, they write out this plan, and God, it's not going according to the plan that I've designed for myself, and, and, and everything breaks loose. What's the stronghold that's got you? What's the stronghold that's got you? What's the stronghold that's got someone else that's affecting you? It may not be you, but it may be someone, a, a loved one of yours, it may be someone that's either you're living with or someone in your family or someone in your uh, uh, surroundings, in your circle that is dealing with these issues. So how do we, how do we get help? What now? How do we bring down these strongholds, addictions, Get rid of that partition that is in the mind. John 8, chapter 8, verse 31. says, For then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I just want to stop right there for a minute. The truth shall make you free. What truth? The truth of God. Not what we perceive to be truth, because a lot of times we think, you know, <laughs> sometimes Lena tells me something and I'm going, well, what did she mean by that? Because that's the way I heard it. She goes, that isn't at all what I said but I perceived it to be true. The, 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 the old recording of, of me not being any good, never amounting to anything, I perceived that to be true. It isn't true. Me, when we identify ourselves as a drug addict or, 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 or an alcoholic or whatever, we perceive that to be true, but it isn't true. That is what we struggle with. That is not who we are. The truth is that you are saved by grace. And you have been made whole through Christ Jesus. Amen? Not to be, not to be, 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 be going back to the old nature. And he says, if you, would, if you would listen to the truth, the truth will set you free. What truth? 
the word. He said, if you can only be free by the truth, not what you perceive, but to be the truth. We've lived our lives uh, for so many, for so long with, with the lies that we believe them to be true. And it has kept us in, dead inside. It's all been lies. Jesus said, my word, my truth will set you free. It is his truth that will set us free. Amen. Let's continue. He says, then uh, uh, they answered him and, and, uh, and said, we are Abraham's descendants. We have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will, make, uh, you will be free? And Jesus answered, most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits a sin is a slave of sin. Sin is their master. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son, a daughter, which you are, abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Wait a minute. First it said we would be free, the truth. When, what's, the, what's the difference between free and free indeed? Go back to, to, to when I first got saved. I was free. But I still had the old nature of the laws and the regulations of things that you can't do. And if you're going to go to church, if you're going to be part of... You, you know what? I was part of the worship team. And I still had problems. It wasn't with drugs. Then now it became alcohol. So I would go out Saturday night. Not stupid drunk, but go out drinking. And because of my own nature, tell them I couldn't play Sunday morning because I failed Saturday night. Until I understood the grace, I wasn't free indeed. I accepted the fact that Christ died for me on the cross and there wasn't anything that I did. It wasn't any of my doing. But I still wasn't, I was still in bondage. I still had the old nature, the old self of, of you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't. Now I can say I'm free indeed. Because although I can, I don't want to. I don't want to. Because Christ has, has set me free indeed. Now I can go on living my life and not worry about, I'm going to get caught up in this sin. I'm going to get caught up in that sin. I'm going to get caught up in that sin. I pray, yes, Lord, may I not fall into temptation. But I know that I can go on. I don't have to be looking over my shoulder every so often. Here's another. Lazarus. Lazarus was dead. Yes? Jesus comes. And he says, Lazarus, come forth, you know. And Lazarus came out. And then what? He was alive, right? He was alive, but he wasn't alive indeed. He still had the death clothes on him. Jesus told him, now remove the dead rags. But here's the problem is that a lot of us are like Lazarus before they remove the death rags. Oh, we're alive. But we're still walking around with the death rags. And we haven't been set free indeed. We're still walking around. With, 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 with the baggage on our back, and we haven't been set free indeed. We're still walking around with the old natures, with the things that we used to do, and still identifying ourselves in that manner. No, stop. Stop. You have been set free indeed. Not just free. You are free indeed. Yes. I want to be free indeed. I love being free indeed. I'm, I'm tired of the bondage. I'm tired of the no's you can't. I'm tired of, this, uh, 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 of the worrying. I'm tired of the, the, the agony. I'm tired of, of all those things that were holding me back. What is it for you that's holding you back? Remove, remove, remove the death clothes, the death rags, and be set free indeed. 
Point number five says, I know that I am free, but have I accepted that I am free indeed? Because many of us sit in the pews today and we are not free indeed. We struggle. Sometimes it's difficult to just get to church on a Sunday morning. Not, not, not to mention that we don't even turn to the Word of God throughout the week. We are saved by grace. And it's a free gift from God. If we're living as if we can lose our salvation in any moment, we are not free indeed. We have not accepted. I don't know about you guys, folks, but I like being living free indeed. It gets me closer to God when I'm free indeed. See, when I'm, when I'm just free... Then, then these struggles, they, they're, they're stopping me. Remember that, that partition is stopping from the word of God to, from getting to the other side. But when I drop that partition, when I bring down the strongholds, and, and the, word of, the word of God says that we have that capability. We have that power that we can bring down those strongholds. We can bring those thoughts into captivity. We can bring them before God and let them go. And let the word of God get from one side to the other. Amen? Romans 6, 11 says that we, we, we died with Christ. Romans 6, 11 talks about, I, I am no longer a thief. I am no longer a drug addict. I am no longer an alcoholic, a liar, a manipulator, an abuser, a sex addict, a gossiper. Whatever you want to throw in there that you are struggling with or you identify yourself with, you are no longer that because you died with Christ. And you are now a new creation. It says in, in the same manner that Christ died, you died with him. But you also came back to life in the same manner that he was resurrected, so were you. And now you are a new creation. And it's no longer that old person. Stop looking in the rearview mirror of the woes of me, of what used to be. No, keep going forward with God. Don't look back. Keep going forward and bring down. That high exalted thing, that partition, that lofty thing, whatever it is. Bring it down. If you truly want to get healed. If you truly want to get healed. Because remember when I first started, I said, there's some of us that didn't want to get healed. We loved being in our misery. Sometimes it's so people can feel sorry for us. I just, I got caught up in the drugs and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it to the point so much, I enjoyed it so much that I had the drugs. But there was nobody else around me. They all left me. You know, and it, it, it matters not. I mean, you, you could be an addict, uh, uh, addicted to something, alcohol, drugs, whatever the case may be, and be homeless. But you can also be addicted to all those things and have be living in a penthouse wearing those expensive suits. See, it doesn't discriminate. Sin doesn't discriminate. It doesn't matter who you are. You let it in, it's going to come in. That, that, that stronghold is going to come in if you let it. Romans 8 says, verse 1 says, There's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. You do not walk according to the flesh, 
but according to the Spirit. There is now no condemnation for you if you're in Christ Jesus. I want you to turn to your neighbor and tell them, I don't condemn you. And then tell them, don't condemn me. Now I want you to do the most difficult part for a lot of us. I want you to turn to yourself and just whisper your own name and say, Steve, I don't condemn you. Because see, a big problem is that we become our worst enemy. We condemn ourselves, we beat ourselves up over and over and over and over. It may may not be that somebody is doing it to us, it's that we're doing it to ourselves. And it's something that I'm very familiar with because I can still do it today. I make a mistake, I beat myself up over it. How could you, Steve? Come on, wake up. What's going on? Get in the game, let's go. And we start condemning ourselves. And we tell ourselves that we're no good. That God would never love us. With what we do, with the way that we are, how can God love you? Lies from the pits of hell. Lies from saying that to himself. Because Jesus himself said, I came to set the captive free. I came for the down and out. I came for the one that is no good. That's what you, you, you know that the religious sect used to, used to complain because he would go and he'd hang out with, with, with the tax collectors and the prostitutes and everybody that they pushed away because they weren't good enough for their sect. That's who Jesus was having dinner with. Folks, just look at his disciples. Who, would have, who, who, who of us would have chosen a gang like that? And you could go down the list of every great man or woman that God used in the Bible and read their history, go over their history, and you would say, no. I would have never chosen them. But thank God I'm not God. God said, no, that's exactly the person I came for. If you don't need me, then I didn't come for you. But that's not true because he came for the whole world. He said, he said the, 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 John 3.16 says, he, for he came, he came for the world. He came for, for everybody. It's up to us to accept him. But if we don't feel that we don't need him, well, I'm not a bad person. I'm a good person. I've never, I've never killed anyone. I've never done this. I've never... You've told lies about people. You've told lies about yourself. You have your thoughts. That cancels you out too. Oh, wow. Well, I, can't, I can't be with a God like that. Listen, he's not, he's not asking you to change. He's telling you to come to him, and he will help you change. Because you can't do it on your own. You've been struggling with this for so many years, and it hasn't worked. What you're doing hasn't worked. But if we allow God's word to get over, to get across, to get through. And I want to leave you with this. Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow. And, 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 and it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of our heart. See, what we hide from people, we can't hide from God. If you're one of those that thinks, well, yeah, I'm just going to, I'm just going to go to the bar, you know, hang out. And think that God isn't with you. Might as well invite him in because he's with you. I used to joke around that 
before I get into any arguments, I would tell God, God, I'm going to go argue with Lena. And I want you to come because I want you to get her. Let Tell her that she's not right, that she's wrong. But you know what? And I joke about it, but if you actually do that, it changes your demeanor. That you're going to, you're going to go and you're going to actually cause a fight, an argument, knowing that God is there with you. You're going to look at things differently. Well, maybe, maybe I was wrong. Maybe I heard that wrong. Half the times we don't even know what we argued about. We've forgotten. What was that argument? I don't even know. It's something silly. Most of them are. But he says his word is alive and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces down. It gets down into that bone marrow, to the deepest parts of us. Let it. Let it get in there. Let his word pierce through. Let his word get through all the nonsense that we have been putting up. And let his word get through. Let it. Let it get down deep in you. Into the innermost parts that we don't allow anybody else to get through. Not even our spouse, our closest friend. Sometimes we don't let God get into those deep rooms. That's why we're still struggling with the things that we're still struggling with. Because we're not allowing God to get into the innermost rooms. We'll invite him into the house, but stay in the living room. Don't go into my room. You don't want to see my room. It's a mess. But that's where God needs to be. It's in your mess. That's where he wants to be. That's how much he loves you. He wants to be in that mess. He wants to help you clean it up. Yeah. My mom used to walk in and say, oh, Steve, come on. This mess, this room is a mess. Mom, Bamba, no. And she would go in there and help put things away. It wasn't her mess. It isn't God's mess. It's my mess. And he wants to help me clean it. What God would tell you that? Most gods you have to perform for. But the one and only true God, he says, I love you the way you are. I'll help you clean up your mess. If you would just come to me. And I just want to tell you, if, if you are struggling with something, seek prayer. Seek help. I'm not telling you that this is going to be a quick fix, an easy fix. But because if you're truly struggling with, with those things like alcohol and, 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 and drugs and the pornography, all those things that, that you just can't do, seek a counselor. Christian counselor that will walk you through the word of God to help you get through these things you know it, it wasn't it wasn't easy I had to I had to turn to the word of God to be set free I had to turn to his word I went through some counseling to fix the, which is the other thing we, we, we like putting band-aids on things we won't get to the root of the problem. We never get to the root of the problem. And, and, and so we still struggle over and over and over and over until I got to the root of my problem, which was condemning myself, telling myself that I was no good. People stopped doing this years ago to me, but I was still doing it to myself. That's why I said, turn to yourself and tell yourself, I no longer condemn you. I'm no longer going to be hard on you. Because we are children of God. He calls us prince and, 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 and princess. We are his bride. The church is the bride of Christ. He's calling you in just the way you are. So I, I just want to pray for you today. 
Heavenly Father, I come to you this morning, Lord. Father, if there's anyone here that is still struggling with some issues, a stronghold, something that is stopping them from getting to you, Father, I ask that you bring it down. Bring down that stronghold. Help us to bring it down, Father. And I know that many may have started listening to me today with the intentions of, I don't want to do this because I like doing what I'm doing. But Father, I ask that you work in them too. That you work in their hearts, that they, you open their eyes, that they may see what's going on around them. The, the pain that is being caused, not just on them, but the ones that love them, Lord. That they may not uh, uh, just look at what's going on with them, Lord, but how it's affecting others, their loved ones, their friends, co-workers. Father, as David prayed, is there any, if there's anything in me, Lord, that is not of you, remove it. Take it away. But Father, don't just leave an empty space because when we leave an empty space, then we just try to fill it up with more garbage. Father, let your word be planted there. Let you be planted there. Father, I, I, I want to seek a closer relationship with you. That is what will set me uh, uh, free indeed. As you said, your word will set you free. Your truth will set me free. But it is my relationship with you that will set me free indeed. And Father, I, those that are here today, those that are listening, we're listening over the airways, Father, I pray for them as well. We want to be set free indeed, Lord. Not just free. Free didn't get us anywhere. Free, we still have our struggles. We know that we are free with you, Lord. We know that we, you, it is by your grace that we are saved, Father, but we want to be set free indeed. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I bring down every high, lofty thing that we have had in our brains for so many years. Every, every, every high thing that is exalted before your knowledge, Father, I bring them down, bring them down, bring them down, bring them down. In the name of Jesus, we bring them down, we release it. And Father, if there's anyone that was listening today that hasn't turned to you, I pray for their salvation that they may receive you, Lord. as a personal Savior, Lord. That they may receive you, that they may uh, turn to you, Father, and let that begin their, 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 their steps to being healed, to being set free. Father, we admit that we are sinners. We admit it. We know that we have fallen short of God's glory, Lord. But you and your merciful grace in your mercy and your love. Father, and I pray, yes, that, 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 that we would fully comprehend how, uh, as, as Paul says, how wide, how deep, how high your love is, Lord. As wide as, as the world, Father. For you came and you died for the world. As long as time, till the end of time, till, till Father, you say that it's, 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 it's it. That's the end of time. And as high as you love, Father. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, Lord. As deep as the pit that you went and rescued me from. As high as your glory. I thank you, Lord, for this day. I thank you, Lord, for this word. I thank you, Lord, for our brothers and sisters, Lord. Keep them safe. We know that it's been a some year, Father, and we are coming into the season of thankfulness, Father, this week. 
maybe we, may we find that we are, have a, uh, an attitude of gratitude, Father. And we find things that we are thankful for. Father, just waking up in the morning, I'm thankful for. The fact that you haven't let me go, I am thankful for. And I pray for each and every one here and everyone online, Father. May you give them a wonderful, wonderful week. And I'm going to use uh, what Pastor Rick always prays. May we truly not leave this place the same way we came in. It's time for a change. It's time to be set free indeed, Father. I thank you in Jesus' name. Thank you so very much for listening to this message. We hope you were truly blessed. If you were, please subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already and share it with a friend. Doing so will cause the seeds of God's word and the message of his love to spread like wildfire. So thanks again for partnering with us in this important way. Stay thirsty for Christ, my friends, until the whole world hears. God bless.